this eve of the greatest gift that God has ever given to the world when the Word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. I was reading an article the other day, and the writer of that article was saying that in his estimation, one of the greatest verses about the Incarnation in all of Scripture is 2 Corinthians 8. Verse 9, where Paul says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. I've used that verse in plenty of stewardship sermons over the years. I don't know if I've ever used it in Advent.
it would have most likely been seen from the distance by these shepherds blazing away in the night sky with its torches and candles. This is where Jesus should have been born. And so we think this is the kind of birthplace that shepherds or anyone else would expect for a king. This would have been an easy thing to do, to go find a new king in such a place. But instead, they're told by this angel that the sign of the truth of his words is that they'll find a baby in a manger. If they care to see this one who will save, they have to go barnyard. services, we get together with family, 
believe in good gifts. But what do we do with what God has revealed in Jesus Christ? What kind of response do we make, if any? And is it a response from the heart, or is it more a response of tradition? In our text, we can see what the shepherds decide to do. We're told when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that God has done. And what we need to notice is that no command was given for the shepherds to go to Bethlehem. The angel implied they would want to go but we don't see any express command from God. But once they hear of Jesus, they want to go find him. Just like the Greeks we can read about in John 12, where they come up to, to Philip, I believe it is, and say, sir, we want to see Jesus. They've heard about him, and now they want to find him. Now, John Calvin has this to say about this particular part of the story. He makes the point that in the same way that Jesus and his presence is held out to the shepherds, so is Christ held out to us in order that our hearts might approach him by faith. And he says we have no excuse to delay our coming. This is what I mean by the sermon's title that, that Christmas takes we have to go over and see this thing that the Lord has done. We have to make a response. We have to step out in faith and believe that he is King of kings and Lord of lords, even when we cannot know that by sight. Why should a baby born in a manger be King of shepherds set out immediately gives you and me an important lesson. He says, instead of allowing the word of God, as many do, to pass away with the sound, we must take care that it strike its roots deep in us and manifest its power as soon as the sound has died away. In other words, don't wait days or weeks or months or years to apply the truth of God's Word, but act on it right away. As the psalmist says, oh, that today you would hear His voice. Harden not your hearts. We have to respond to God's good news today. The gift of Jesus needs to make a difference to you and me right now. shepherds never do. They leave their sheep to go see what God has done. But once they found him, we're told they made known the saying that had been told them from 
concerning this child and all who heard it, wondered at what the shepherds told them. Once they find the Christ, these shepherds can't keep quiet. They testify to God's direction in their lives. They share the revelation they've been given. They share what they've experienced. This is a theme we see quite often in Scripture. In John's Gospel, for example, we see where Jesus calls Philip to be one of his disciples. And then we're told Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Philip couldn't keep quiet. He goes and finds who I assume to be one of his best friends and tells him about Jesus. And of course, the entire ministry of the Apostle Paul is his response to the revelation which God gave to him in the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. With grace and power, Paul testifies to anyone who will listen what God has disclosed to him in the gift of Jesus. I just wonder, do we do the same? Has the gift of Christ into the world and, and into our own hearts made such a difference that, that we can't keep quiet about it? Have we really made this world our own? The year 1522, as I understand, it was a year just like this one, where Christmas Eve was on the Lord's Day. And Martin Luther was in his shroud, and he was preaching to his congregation in Luke 2, just as I'm preaching to you today. And it's interesting to see how Luther preached it. He uses what some preachers sometimes refer to as holy imagination as he preaches this text. That is to say, he says some things that we don't really see in Scripture. I'll read you just a short portion. He says, nobody took pity on this young woman who was about to give birth for the first time. Nobody took to heart the heaviness of her body, and nobody cared that she was in strange surroundings and didn't have any of the things which a woman in childbirth needs. Rather, she was there without anything ready, without light, without fire, in the middle of the night, alone in the darkness. Nobody offered her any of the services which one naturally renders to pregnant women. Everyone was drunk and roistering in the inn, a throng of guests from everywhere, and nobody bothered about this man. Now, some people might think that Luther was simply trying to entertain them by giving the story more detail than we find in the This is the next line in his sermon. Therefore, see to it that you derive from the gospel not only enjoyment of the story as such, for that does not last long, but see to it that you make preaching your own. 
Luther all of a sudden gets to the crux of the issue. Jesus' birth must become our own. It can't be our parents. It can't be our grandparents. It can't be our best friend. It has to be our own. In other words, his birth is for us. And we must receive it in all of its mystery and wonder, in all of its earthiness and dread, in all of its magnificence and glory. This is what the shepherds did. They made it their own. They responded in faith. And we could see what God had done. And then they told others all about it. Have we responded?